right to the meat of what I want to give you. Uh, and uh, so Philippians chapter 3, and let's begin reading in verse number 15. The Bible says, let, let, me, let me go back to verse 13 to grab the context, okay? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, verse 15, let us therefore, that word therefore is in light of what Paul just said in verse 13 and 14. Let us therefore as many be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto you have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as you have for us an, ex- an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like in His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. Now, as I mentioned in verse number 15, that word therefore, you've, you've heard me say this, when you see the word therefore, you need to go back and see what it's there for. And it's always referring back to what he's been talking about. He talked about in verse number 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The word press in verse number 14, it means to run swiftly in order to catch a person or a thing. To press on. So I want to preach. He said, let us therefore, he since we are pressing on, he said, as many be perfect, be thus my. I want to preach on this thought for a few moments tonight on principles for pressing on. Principles for pressing on. We are certainly in a race tonight. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him who endured such contradiction of sinners, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. He'll also tell us in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Know ye not that they which run a race run all, but one receiveth the pride. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so fight I, not as one beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest by any means while I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. So in two separate texts other than the verses we've read tonight, we are reminded that we are in a race. I'm going to tell you tonight, there's a lot of people that start out in this Christian life and they don't finish. They don't have a second 
Timothy 4, 7 like Paul did, where Paul said, I've fought a good fight, I've finished the course, and I've kept the faith. They don't have that. How about you now? I want to finish right. I want to finish. I like Brother Jimbo said, I don't necessarily have to win this race, but I need to finish this race. Amen. I want to finish well. Amen. And so Paul gives us uh, some principles tonight for pressing on. Let's look at them. Three things tonight quickly. Number one, if we are going to press on in these days, there is an exhortation that we must receive. There is an exhortation that we must receive. That word exhortation, it simply means an encouragement. It means admonishment. It means teaching. The word exhort literally means to bring someone aside and give them a one-on-one encouragement, a word of uh, maybe even of counsel, a word of maybe even rebuke for the purpose of encouraging them to go forward. So Paul gives us an exhortation. Hey, if we're going to finish right, we got to receive an exhortation. Hey, we need the preaching of the Word of God. We need the teaching of this book. We need sometimes somebody to take us off to the side and give us a scriptural principle of how we need to live our life. Notice, first of all, in verse number 15, we note Christian maturity. Look at verse number 15. Let us therefore as many be perfect. Now this word perfect here is not talking about sinless perfection. For Paul dealt with that earlier in the text. That no man is just in his own right. Paul said if anybody uh, could have gained salvation by their own works, he said I more. So we know he's not contradicting himself. That word perfect means complete. It means whole. It gives the idea of being mature. Oh may God help us to grow up and get out of the nursery and be a mature Christian. I'm going to tell you tonight, if, you don't, if you're not careful, you'll let what I said at the start of the service get under your skin and it bother you. Well, why did the preacher have to say that? I'm going to tell you, that's a sign of an immature Christian. Amen. You just got to be able to receive rebuke and, and move on. Amen. I got rebuked Monday night sitting in the meeting. Amen. And got called out. That didn't bother me when I received the rebuke and went on. And I was the guest preacher. Didn't bother me. I needed it. Amen. Amen. And what I'm telling you tonight is we have to receive that, have some maturity. The Bible said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We ought to grow. Amen. If these children around here, if they wasn't growing, the parents would show some concern. They would, there's either a nourishment problem, there's, there might be an inward problem they can't see. They would take that child somewhere and say, why is my child not growing? So why is it okay for somebody who's claimed to be saved for 10, 20, 30 years, oh, but they're still living in the spiritual nursery and they've not graduated to the meat of the Word that Paul talked about in the book of Hebrews? Hey, if we're going to continue, if we're going to press on in these days, We need some Christian maturity, amen? But then notice not only Christian maturity, notice a centered mindset. He said, let us therefore as many be perfect, be thus minded. Now that little phrase, thus minded, he has taken us back to verse 13 and 14. What was Paul's mindset in verse 13 and 14? Well, he was focused in verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend him, but this one thing I do. I like what Brother Paul Chappell said about that phrase. He said, Paul didn't say these many things I 
I dabble in, but this one thing I do. He was focused, but then he was he was also forgetful. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. He said, I'm not going to let the past, whether it's good or whether it's bad, hold me back up from going forward. And then, of course, that leads to him going forward and reaching forth in those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you something tonight. You're not going to finish this race if you're not pressing on. There's Christian maturity, a centered mindset. But then in verse 15, a convincing manifestation. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. Now, he's got the thus-minded crowd in verse 15, and he's got the otherwise-minded crowd in verse 15. That thus-minded crowd are the ones that are that are focused, and they are forgetful, and they are going forward. Amen? But that otherwise-minded crowd, that's that crowd, they're saved, and they love the Lord, but they're just not all the way in. There might have been somebody looking at Paul and say, Paul, I like your preaching, and I like your service, but you're just taking this thing way too far. Uh, Paul said, I, he said, know they not that they that run a race, they run all. Paul was interested in giving his all. And there might have been somebody saying, Now, Paul, I'm saving everything, but I'm just not going to go to the extreme uh, that you've gone to. Hey, I'm telling you tonight, we don't need mediocre Christianity. Somebody say amen. We don't need half-hearted Christianity. Uh, but we need some people that will make up their mind. That will be like David when David said, Bless the Lord, uh, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. We don't need to go halfway in this thing. We need to go all the way with the Lord. And Paul said, if anybody's otherwise-minded, in other words, they're not going all the way, he said, God shall reveal this unto you. You know what? If you're not going all the way, if you're lagging behind, and you're saved by the grace of God, if you're saved, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, He'll convict you. John 16 said, He'll reprove. Amen. He, He has a convicting word. Hey, don't lag behind. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 1, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our brother Scott Caldwell said about that text, there's no excuse for being the caboose. You know what a caboose is, don't you? It's the last train car on the train. And he said there's no excuse for you and I being the caboose. We don't need to come behind and be lagging behind and be like Lot's wife looking back to the world and looking back to the things of the world. Oh, but we ought to focus our mindset and we ought to go forward. Amen. There is nobody, including this preacher, that's probably doing everything they can for the Lord. I said including this preacher. I included myself first. We all can go forward. We all can do more, can we not? Amen. Don't leave me up here by myself. We all can do more. We can all pray more. We can all read more Bible. We can all be a better witness. We can all be a better testimony. And I don't want to stay. I don't want to settle for second best. May God help us to go forward. Then we notice a conduct maintained. maintained. Look at verse 16. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Paul keeps turning our attention to those who are thus minded. He said, if, you, if you've got that mindset, if you're going forward, he said, let us walk by the same rule. What is that rule? Well, the word rule here means a rod or a straight piece of rounded wood to which anything is fastened to keep it straight. You know what our rule is tonight? It's the Word of God. He said, you walk by that rule, amen. Y'all know we like, we like baseball and 
they, they have changed things in baseball. They now have a, have a pitch clock and they have a batter's clock. And if the batter ain't in the batter's box and ready to receive the pitch at a certain amount of time, he gets an automatic strike against him. And if the pitcher's not ready to deliver the pitch, it's an automatic ball against him. I really don't like that, but it, it, they ask people that don't watch baseball what they think. They didn't call me, amen, or Daxon or Brother Richie that watch baseball and see what we think about it. But anyway, uh, they got rules. It's funny watching spring training games, watch them big millionaires trying to figure out them rules. Trying to figure them out. But you know what? Baseball or football or whatever sport you like, NASCAR, whatever, it wouldn't be enjoyable to watch if there wasn't rules. It wouldn't be interesting to view if there wasn't any rules. And so we have to have rules. We have to have guidelines. And the Word of God is our rule tonight. And we have to walk by this rule. Notice then, verse number 17, there is a choice that is made. Brethren, be followers of me, and to be followers together of me, and mark them which walk also as you have us for an example. The word mark means to give attention to. Now Paul is not trying to, <coughs> excuse me, Paul is not trying to lift himself up and create a following in this text. He's not trying to brag on himself. I'll prove that to you in the text. Paul was to be an example to the church. One of my qualifications is to be an example to the flock, according to 1 Peter chapter number 5. The reason Paul was an example, because in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he said, Be ye followers of me, even I as also am of Christ. Paul said, Y'all need to follow me, because I'm following Christ. Somebody's got to be the leader. Somebody has to lead. Somebody has to rule. Somebody has to take the oversight thereof. Let me say this tonight. Everybody is following somebody. Everybody's following somebody. Let me encourage you about something tonight and caution you. Before you start following somebody, check out what direction they're going. And find out who they're following. You ought to, before, before you decide to, to follow somebody... You better see which direction they're going. It's real deep. Because whatever direction you go will determine the destination you end up at. And so you better be careful with that. Be ye followers of me, even also am I am of Christ. He said, mark those. Mark. And watch this. Here's how I know that Paul was not talking about himself, trying to lift up something for himself. Watch what he said in verse 17. Brethren, be ye followers together of me, and mark them which walk so... As, uh, uh, as ye have for us an example. He said, don't just follow me, but you find somebody in the church that's following the Lord, and you follow their example. Amen. There's some people I'm not following. Some people I'm not going with. Some people I'm not, why? Because I, somebody said, well, uh, they're a good person. I didn't say they weren't a good person. Well, uh, they have good intentions. And I can't judge somebody's intentions, all right? I'm not saying they have bad intentions, but I don't, I know where their destination's in and up, and I don't want to go there. Can two walk together except they be agreed, the prophet Amos said? You better be careful who you're following. You better be careful who you're listening to. 
Amen. I won't embarrass uh, this individual tonight, but I had somebody come up to me uh, Sunday night and said, Preacher, I've been invited to a revival meeting, and this is the preacher that is preaching. What do you think of that man? Do you know anything? Now, they wasn't asking my permission. Can I go to this meeting? Uh, can I go hear this man? They just wanted to know, is that, is that guy okay to hear? And I'm going to tell you, folks, you know me well enough. If I know something about somebody, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm gonna, and I told them, I said, hey, he's a good brother. I don't think he'll hurt you. Me and him don't see eye on everything. But he'll preach a good Bible message. I'm sure he will. I just wouldn't join his church, all right? Uh, but what I'm saying uh, tonight is it, they're not asking my permission. I'm not God here. I'm not the Pope. Amen. I wouldn't wear one of them goofy dresses anyway. Plus, every Pope's got to be bald. Tony could be the Pope. Pope Tony. He's already got the Italian name. All right. You know why I met so many Italians are named Tony? Because when they was putting them on the boat from Italy, they step in their heads to New York, to New York, to New York. You'll get that after a while. <laughs> but what I'm saying tonight is, is Paul said, you find somebody that's living right and follow the Lord, and if you're a young Christian, you follow after them. Why did I drive six hours? And, and I could have left yesterday morning when I got done preaching. You know why I stayed around? I'm following that man. I followed, went and sat down with him. Wanted to eat lunch with him. Wanted to talk to him. I'd ask him questions. I'd pick his brain. Why? I'm trying to follow him. I want to find some good men to follow. One man said, Paul wanted them to be able to distinguish between those who were following faithfully from those who were following falsely. There's a lot of people tonight that they carry a King James Bible, but they only do that to get your admiration and to get your allegiance. But I'm telling you, when that destination ends, they're taking you a bad direction. Taking you a bad direction tonight. Listen to me, folks. Listen to this preacher. I'm not trying to make you Montgomeryites. Amen. I'm not trying to make you... We don't worship the pastor around here. Y'all take care of me. Y'all honor me. There is a biblical There is a biblical precedence for that. They that labor in the Word are worthy of double honor, okay? But I'm not God. But I'm going to tell you, you better be careful who you follow. You better be careful who you listen to. You better be careful what books you read. You better be careful what preachers you listen to on the Internet. Amen. Because I might know something that you don't know. Somebody said, you just got dirt on everybody. I don't have dirt on everybody. But if I know a man's preaching a false doctrine or his moral character is not right, I'm going to let you know, hey, you might need to watch that fella. Because I'm telling you, and I may not get off this point tonight. I'm tired anyway, and, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to hammer this in. I don't want to throw so much out that you don't get anything tonight. But I'm telling you, we better watch because their teachers have an itch in ears. They'll tell you what you want, and they sound good. But their life and their character and their testimony does not resemble that of a Christian. And their doctrine doesn't line up right. I tell you, there's a lot of things going on in this world. I, it seems like the last six weeks, it has just been bombarded uh, with so much stuff. Uh, because we all have social media now. And we're all seeing these things now. And preachers are, are commenting on these things or not commenting on these things. I just wish some men would say something so I know where they stand. At the end of the day, just make a stand on something. Somebody said, boy, I hate, and, and I, there's certain things about social media I do hate. But I'll tell you one thing it's done. It's drawn some lines in the sand. 
It's let me see where some men stand. You better be care- we better be careful tonight. We better be cautious. I tell you, you follow a man. I know people that are following men right now. And sending your young people to meetings right now. And they're going to end up in a contemporary church. They're going to end up messed up. I know, not just one, I know multiple. Multiple. But they're not going to listen. You better be careful. And I'm not responsible for them. But I am responsible for this congregation. Folks, I want you to know, if we're not lining up to this book and the godly traditions... Somebody say, I'm against traditions. Jesus, he went, somebody said, well, Jesus was against traditions. He was against traditions of the Pharisees. But you read them Pauline epistles, there are some godly traditions we hold to. Amen. It don't say in the Bible to take up an, to, to necessarily take up an offer in every service. We do that. It's tradition. It don't say in the Bible to have church on Sunday night, but we do that. It don't say in the Bible to have church on Wednesday night. It's a godly tradition. Somebody want to tear up everything and go away from everything and go away from the, the things that's got. I'm telling you, we better be careful of that tonight. I'm going to tell you, they, they offer a lot of things that are appealing. I, I, I know, I know of some situations in my own, in my own family. People leaving good Bible preaching churches and joining contemporary churches. And what they do is their business. I don't answer for them. But that's not the way we were raised. And I'm telling you tonight, we, we gotta be careful who we're following. He said, he said, Mark, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, Mark them. Which walk so as you have us for an example. This this word mark, I'm gonna give you this and I'm I'm not gonna go to the second point. I'm just gonna give you this. Y'all all right? Hope this is making sense. When Paul says to mark, one of the one of the Greek words for that word mark gives the idea of a brand mark. Very if you ever know anybody that had cattle or or, or anything like that, they'll have a brand mark. Letting them know that, that letting everybody know that this, this livestock belongs to me. It gives the idea of an impression. Some impressions that already been made on Paul. Here's what Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of Jesus Christ. Paul's talking about those physical beatings he suffered, is he not? Paul said, you better not follow somebody that hasn't showed that they love Jesus. And they're committed to this thing. You know, faithfulness tonight, faithfulness. And I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. You're here, and I appreciate you being here. But you know, faithfulness is a lost art. Everywhere I go, everywhere I preach, the past, I have this conversation with every pastor. I just can't get some folks back. And they blame it on, on, on COVID, and they blame it on a lot of things. And whatever the case is, it's amazing. It ain't stopped them people going to Walmart or going on vacation or going anywhere else. Well, they can't go to church. I don't buy that. Amen. In fact, some of these pastors just start dropping them people off the rolls. Might fix some of that. Amen. But anyway, the, the, the faithfulness, I'm telling you, I thank God for faithful people. Faithful people. Well, I, 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 he's just on my heart because I spent it. One thing I love about Brother Langston, he's just faithful. Brother Dwayne Moore was preaching last night, and he made a statement. I wrote it down in my Bible. He said, one of the greatest things that can be said about a preacher, Brother Richie, is after he spent many years in ministry for people to say, he's just like he was when he started. Now, of course, we all grow. 
We all become better Bible students. And I want to be a better preacher. But I want to be standing where I've always stood. You know why a lighthouse is so important? Not as much in these days, but in those days before the GPS. You know why them lighthouses? Some of y'all been to Hatteras. I know Brother Mike and Miss Sherry used to love to go out to Hatteras and see those lighthouses. You know why they were so important? Because they let the sailors know where the rocks were. It let the sailors know there's danger over here. Don't come this way. And I want to thank God for all those people in my life that shine the light and said, hey, there's danger. Don't go that way. Don't go that direction. Don't go that. They wasn't all preachers. They wasn't all pastors. But there were some people like Paul mentioned. He said, you mark those that walk so as you have walked for, have us for an example. He said, just walk right. They just do right. They live right. You realize you can be an example to somebody? You can either be a godly example or you can be an ungodly example. I wonder tonight, are you, are you following the right direction? If you're going to press on, if you're going to finish, you better run with the right crowd. I'm at 25 minutes. It's 7.50 and I'm done. Listen to me tonight. We'll, we'll finish just up next Wednesday night, Lord willing. Listen to me tonight. I was asking Brother Langston this question yesterday. I said, Brother Langston, I need, I need some advice. I said, how do I contend for the faith and not cast my pearls before swine? Meaning, there's some things you stand up for and you dispute with and you, and you stand up for truth. Man, today you ain't going to change that fool. I said, how do I, how do I discern? <laughs> Here's his great wisdom. I don't know. That's what he told me. He said, son, God's given you a flock. You just try to preach to them and you teach them right. You can't help that other crowd. Folks, I can't pastor everybody else. I've been, try- I've been guilty of trying to do that. Sometimes it's doing the work of an evangelist. I'm there with that pastor and I'm trying to help him. That's not what I'm talking about. But what they do at other places, but by God's grace, we're not doing, we're not going that direction here. Hey, we're keeping, we're keeping our hymn books. Amen. I'm gonna keep wearing a suit. Amen. We're gonna keep having a choir. Amen. We're gonna keep preaching the King James Bible. Why? Because we're in this crowd together. And I want to finish right. And I want uh, you, you, you. That how many of you grew up in church your whole life? You've been in church your whole life. Hold your hand up. Half the congregation. That's, that's a blessing. To those that I, I didn't do that to make you feel bad. But those of you that grew up in church, and, and the rest of you, you can identify with this. You can think about people in the church you grew up with. They wasn't a preacher. They may or may not have been a Sunday school teacher. But every service they were there. They were faithful. They were, they were in their spot. They were supporting the church. They were giving. You know, you go... You go back to those churches, you go back to those places, and you still see them serving God. Don't that mean something to you? Still see them serving the Lord? Still see them being faithful and serving God? Me and my wife will go back to Tabernacle in Monroe. Who, who's, who's, who's the old the old man there that, uh, if anything, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. He's Brother Bobby's right-hand man, not Tony. Older man. Brother Howard, that's who I'm thinking of. Gary Howard. 
My wife said, he's just always been there. Just always faithful. I don't think he's a preacher. I, he might be a deacon, but just a faithful man. Just a faithful man. I think about people in my daddy's church where I grew up at, just faithful people. Those, You know what those, they are? But I know there's people, I've heard you talk, people in your life, people you grew up in church, that's just a lot, they're just consistent people. Consistent. It means something to you. There was an example to you. Don't you think it's time that we be an example to somebody else? Hey, y'all that grew up in church your whole life, you realize half the congregation didn't? You know, you could be an example to them because we got new Christians. How many of y'all been saved in here less than five years? Hold your hand up. Less than five years. Hold your hand up. All right, how about less than ten? Less than ten. Hold your hand up. You've been saved. If you if you're less than five, you're less than ten. Hold your hand up high. <laughs> Sorry. All right. How about less than fifteen? See, we got young, we got now. How, how many has been saved? Has anybody been saved over fifty years in here? Over fifty? How about over forty? Been saved over forty years. Patty and Vonda, the two oldest women in our church, and Wade. <laughs> Miss, Miss Michelle, I, 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 moving on. <laughs> Janice, you, well, Janice ain't got saved yet. That's why she didn't raise her hand. That's why. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. People's been, you know, we're supposed to be an example to those younger ones. Being a testimony. It goes back to being mature, walking. May God help us to press on. Be an example. Be faithful. I pick around both the lanes and say, I want to be just like you when I grow up. You know, and we pick around and we talk, but be an example to somebody. May God help us to do that. Let's stand together. We'll have a word of prayer before we go home tonight.